and you know the the tether they wear the one glove that is like an, mm. an oh, homage shit. to Michael Jackson. Weird. I read that. Wow. And I was like, I didn't think of that. Yeah. Pretty Interesting. Cool. Hey, everybody, welcome to another riveting episode of Atlas Now Streaming. My name is Jamie, and my name is Allison. And today we are joined by the one and only Rich Smith. Thank you for joining us. I'm honored to be here. We wanted Rich to join us for this one. If you listened to our last episode, we decided we wanted to review the newest and hottest horror movie out in theaters right now, Jordan Peele's Us. And we wanted Rich to join us because Allison and I love horror movies and so does Rich. Mm -hmm. But we tend to disagree As in we disagree on every horror film we've ever talked about. I think we disagree on every film we've ever talked about ever. I don't think that's true. Okay, maybe close. Not entirely, but no, we do disagree on a lot, but but it it creates for interesting conversations, so we definitely wanted Rich to join us on this one. We all went and saw us over this past weekend. It was just released in theaters on March 22nd. It made over $71 million in its opening weekend, which is pretty spectacular. Mm Mm-hmm. If you don't know who Jordan Peele is, uh, let's rewind way back to his Comedy Central days with his show um, with Keegan-Michael Key, Key and Peele. And uh, once that was over, he kind of decided to start doing horror films, which kind of seemed out of the blue and didn't really make sense to me personally at first. But he really knows the genre. He has been a big fan for a long time. And his first film, Get Out, that came out a few years ago was a huge success. He actually won an Academy Award for uh, Best Original Screenplay, which Mm -hmm. was pretty awesome for a horror film. Pretty unheard of. Nominated for Best Picture, too, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. And Best Actor. For a horror film, that's amazing. It is. And horror movies tend to get ignored Mm from uh from the academy which really bothers me because there are so many amazing performances that just get you know looked over because oh it's a horror film Mm -hmm. it's not you know it's not a critically acclaimed masterpiece that makes us you know cry and depending on the movie i guess but (laughs) uh, but no they tend to uh you like that yeah (laughs) they tend to um skip over that genre so that was pretty cool um, so his follow-up was Us that, again, was just released. Um, a lot of hype for it. I know we were all really excited to see mm-hmm. it, and Allison and I actually saw it together. Allison's seen it twice already. Yeah, right. I went and saw it um, again last night because, um, as we'll discuss, we did a lot of research on it, and after doing more research, I found that I wanted to see it again so that I could pick up on more of the details, some of the nuances, and... Some of the themes that, you know, became more evident to me after doing more research. But um, so if you um, haven't seen Get Out, definitely see that. Yes. Get a feel for what Jordan Peele's movies are kind of like. Um, and this stars Lupita Nyong'o, who won Best Actress for... Best Supporting Actress. Best Supporting Actress for 12 Years a Slave. Correct. Mm. She's incredible she is a phenomenal actress her role was that was pretty fantastic she's that was probably one of the the shining moments for me through the whole thing was was her acting she's a great actor and you know this movie is really unique because you're acting 
against yourself, mm-hmm. which has got to be really difficult. And we would talked about it. I, there's not a lot of movies out there except for maybe like The Parent Trap. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> Where Lindsay yeah. Lohan had to act against herself <laughs> with, not against, with herself, I guess I should say. But, uh, but yes, she did an amazing job. We're just going to very briefly go over the plot. We don't want to stay on that too long. We have a ton of theories. We have a lot of different themes we want to go over. We just really want to break this movie down because if you have seen it already, it's it's a lot to unpack. And it on, for, on face value, the first time seeing it, when you walk out of the theater, it's kind of confusing. And yeah, you don't Jamie really know I, what to think. We sat there, and I think we were the last people out of the theater on Saturday when we saw it. And we just sat there in silence for about 10 seconds. We were like, huh, Hmm. interesting. But the more you think about it, the more interesting it gets. And I think a a good horror, a great horror movie is one that you can't stop thinking about. And one you can't stop talking about. Well, I think it just goes for movies in general. Yeah, true. I think a great movie makes you think afterwards as, as, and I found myself doing this as Don't Text and Drive. But as I was sitting at a stoplight multiple times driving home after watching it, I was on my phone looking for theories and why and explain this or whatever. And, I, and that ran into the evening, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So as I'm sure it's obvious, spoiler alert, if you mm-hmm. have not seen this movie yet, go and see it and then come and listen and uh, listen along with us. Um, unless you have absolutely no desire to see it and you just want to know mm-hmm. what happens, then... Feel free to stick around, but spoilers ahead. If you haven't seen it and you'd like to, we are still doing that contest. Yes. Mm. Yes. We will talk more about that at the end, but we are giving away tickets to this movie. We will talk about that before we close out, but, uh, but yeah, definitely stick around for that as well. Okay. So the movie starts out with a flashback to 1986. Our main character, Adelaide Lupita's character is at, uh, the Santa Cruz pier for her birthday. And she's with her parents, and her dad is. We don't focus on the parents very much, but it seems like her dad's. Her parents don't have like the best relationship. They're kind of bickering the whole time. Her dad seems like he might have a drinking problem. Yeah. Um, again, not really that important, but it's definitely something I thought of right away. I thought was kind of interesting. Maybe it has something to do with why. We'll get into that. Mm-hmm. So she, her dad wins her a prize. And she decides she wants to take the Michael Jackson Thriller t-shirt. So she puts that on. And there's some symbolism with that as well that I want to talk about. But we'll get into that again. Mm -hmm. So her dad decides he wants to keep playing a game. Mom has to go to the bathroom. And she says, you know, keep an eye on Adelaide. And she wanders off like kids do. There's a storm coming. She walks down to the beach. And she walks into one of those, you know, oh gosh, what's it called? Funhouse. Funhouse. Hall of Mirrors. Hall of Mirrors. And she goes in there and sees another version of herself. And I know you're thinking, well, she's in a room of mirrors, of course. But it is not a reflection. Mm -mm. And that's all we see. And we then jump to the future. She's married to her husband, Gabe, who is wonderful and hilarious. I love Gabe. And they have two kids, Zora and Jason. Zora and Jason. You know way too much about this movie already. (laughs) I I have four pages of notes in front of me. Jeez. She did, she did a lot more research mm, than I did. Yep. So, And Allison has some great, great things All to talk right. about later. Okay. Uh, so they're going to their beach house for a vacation. And uh, Gabe's like, yeah, we're going to meet up with our friends. Uh, is it the Tylers? The, the Ryan? 
They're white friends. They're, well, just yeah, they're, they're white friends. Mm-hmm. They're white aff- uh, affluent friends. Sure. Their names is a big point. Are Josh and Kitty. Josh and Kitty and their twin daughters. They decide they're going to meet up with them at the beach, and Adelaide is very apprehensive about that. She doesn't want to go to the beach, and it's obviously has something to do with her, you know, PTSD from the experience she had as a child. But mm-hmm. decides to go anyway. They go and. Uh, spend some time with them and really the only big thing that happens is uh on the way there this is important uh she when she was a kid and she was walking towards the the fun house she saw a man holding a sign that said jeremiah eleven eleven. Mm-hmm. and when they're driving to the beach you know 30 years later that same man is being put into an ambulance and he was killed so and he's holding the sign they're yes still holding the sign still holding the sign and mm-hmm. jason wanders off and he sees a man with his arms outstretched. His hands are all bloody. We don't really know anything else about him, mm-hmm. but he's just standing there. And uh, Adelaide comes rushing to find him. They decide they, you know, let's go home. They go back to their house, and then Adelaide kind of confesses to Gabe this secret she's had her whole life, this thing that happened to her. And uh, he believes her, but is a little a little skeptical of, of what happened to her. She says that she thinks that this girl is after her and she feels, you know, there's all these weird coincidences that have been going on and uh, that she's getting closer and is going to find her. Then Jason comes into the room and says there's a family outside and we find out that they are the exact doppelgangers of our main family. They are dressed in red jumpsuits. They all have a pair of gold shears and they come and invade the home and are planning to to murder the family. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty action-packed from there on out. Uh, Gabe ends up killing his counterpart with a boat. Um, And you also see that uh, Adelaide's counterpart named Red is the only one that can talk. Mm -hmm. She's a very raspy voice. And I remember in the theater thinking it was kind of comical. Like, what is the deal with her voice? Is she trying to be scary? Like, what's going on? Yeah. But uh, nobody else can talk. They all communicate with uh, sounds, grunts growls things like that gabe kills his counterpart jason and his doppelganger kind of actually start off playing it's not really malicious at all but uh he gets away locks him in the closet the daughters both go running because zora is a track star and so they run out of the house and she's trying to run away from her doppelganger Adelaide ends up getting away from Red, and they all end up getting away from the family, get on the boat, and go to their friend's home. And when they get there, they have already been killed by their counterparts, their doppelgangers. So we see that uh, it's not just it's not just this family, the mm-hmm. Wilson family. It right. is, and you also find out after they kill those people, the doppelgangers of that family, uh, that they see on the news that this is a world uh, countrywide event is happening all over the United States. Mm-hmm. Cops aren't going to be able to help them. They've already tried calling them. Nothing. There's nothing they can do. So, they jump into their friend's car, try to uh, drive away. In the process, end up killing the daughter doppelganger, who jumps on top of the car. They get back to the pier and they see Jason's doppelganger. Basically, was about to blow up the car. I'm assuming with Mm -hmm. gasoline. He ends up walking back into uh the flames there was a car their car mm-hmm. was on fire blocking them from getting out this is important this part here is important because yeah i think it, and and we can get to that too 
as much as I, this was a plot hole for me. This was a big one for me. Okay. Where it, it, and it go, please keep going, but the way that all of this went down with the boy walking backwards. With Pluto and Jason? Yes. To save the family, the boy figures out that the other boy mimics his movements, but mm-hmm. then the others don't mimic the others' movements on the on top side, right? Mm-hmm. And you'll get to yep. where they go or whatever. I think that was a that was a giant hole for me. And then please keep going because then this next part, why they get to where they get to is another giant hole for me. Okay. Okay. I think I have an explanation for awesome. maybe the next part. Okay, yep. awesome. <laughs> so yeah, Pluto, Jason's doppelganger, uh, gets burned alive and then Red takes Jason and she ends up Adelaide just for some reason knows exactly where to go she goes back to where it all began she goes to the house of mirrors and she finds a door that leads her down to the sewer Mm -hmm. where she sees all these abandoned rabbits and red is in one of the classrooms drawing out all these uh, stick figures holding hands and that's where red kind of explains what they're doing so all of these doppelgangers were a government experiment that went wrong mm-hmm. basically the government wanted to make a replica of everyone of the united states including children so that they could control their counterparts above but what they didn't realize is that they can copy the body but not the soul so mm-hmm. they couldn't actually control them so this is a big hole they don't really explain how, who started the the experiment why they were abandoned, how long they've been down there. Mm-hmm. All we know is that they're just there and they have to live off of the rabbits, which I assume rabbits were there as a, uh, like a guinea pig, so to speak, mm-hmm. for this experiment. Um, so they live off of rabbits. They somehow mimic what their uh, counterpart does above. So they kind of mm-hmm. are also doing the same thing, but with the only materials that they have. So they do a flashback to when... Adelaide is at the at the pier and she sees people, you know, feeding each other popcorn and they're feeding each other bits of rabbit. Mm-hmm. I think that was probably one of the it, it, cinematically that was probably one of the most scary parts of the whole thing mm-hmm. is as as they're kind of juxtaposing what happened above ground, what's happening to people as they're having fun and you know or whatever, and then you see what's happening underground to the to their counterparts or whatever, and it's it's very dark and they're not having fun. Like it's you see that a lot with Adelaide too that. You know, she's because, I'm sorry, with Red, because, you know, she said, because you married, um, what's Gabe. 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 I had to marry Abraham. I had to marry Abraham, who's this big lug, you know, or whatever, who's in a, you know, loveless or whatever, and she had children, and the second one was through cesarean section. And and she she had to do it herself. She had to do it herself, and yeah, so there was, there's a whole, it's, there's a scary to all of that that I think very eerie absolutely and then there's a huge uh, there's a little bit of a dance off which is kind of cool Red mentions that Adelaide danced as a girl Mm -hmm. and so she was able to mime that below and that was when the rest of the uh, they call them the tethered I I don't think we've Mm -hmm. mentioned that yet the the clones are called the tethered they all kind of saw that she was different and over the course of 30 years they've been plotting to basically rise up and take over all of the all their counterparts above because they you know are living these wonderful lives with you know food and music and fun and other people and just more experiences than they're allowed to have 
And um, unfortunately, though, uh, Red is thwarted. Adelaide kills her while they're down below and gets Jason back, who's been uh, hiding in a in a locker. They get back up to the top. They reunite with uh, Gabe and Zora, who have been uh, hiding in an ambulance, and they see that the rest of the tethered part part of the experience or part of the like revolt was uh, they wanted to do the hands across America kind of showing we exist, we're here. Mm -hmm. And so they're all holding hands across the pier. And you see later on that they're holding hands across, you know, the the mountains and the plains and Mm -hmm. from um, sea to shining sea. Yes. Based on the actual hands across America, which in the very beginning of the film, Adelaide watches a commercial for that very uh, charity. She's wearing the shirt when they go to Mm -hmm. the boardwalk. Yes. Which is awesome because neither of you were alive during 1986 hands across America. And I was 12. What do you remember about it? I remember it was a big deal. Like, that was a Ronald Reagan thing. Yeah. Um, you know, to, which whether, you know, depends on what side of the aisle you fall on, I guess, was, you know, homelessness to help homelessness to feed, you know, for you know, feed people poverty, whatever. Like, that was a big thing or whatever. But then there's there's another school of thought that, you know, the Reagan administration caused a lot of homelessness yeah. and, mm-hmm. you know, that type of thing. So there's, that's where you start to get maybe some of that political, the, you know, sort of the undertones of this yeah. whole movie was that it, it, that in and of itself, like it was a big deal and it, it, it went down. It, it happened not quite like they showed it with a all huge of the, flop. right. Yes. But I mean, it was, there was still a thing. It was t-shirts and it was on Six TV. Six million people and, who held hands and it lasted for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then the big twist, you think it's all over. You think they've made it. They're going to try to drive to Mexico, they mentioned earlier in the movie, mm-hmm. to get out of the United States. And in, in a jump, in, why, why is it in every kind of horror movie, whatever, it's we got to go to Mexico. we got to go to Mexico. Somehow Everything. it's safer there. I, I mean. It's not safer there in anyway. Some okay. parts. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Go ahead. Uh, but they're, they're in the ambulance driving away, and Jason is in the front seat. And he looks over at his mom, and you can tell he kind of just... And he's kind of looked at her weird throughout the movie. He always kind of thought there was something, you know, there's just these looks he gives her. Mm-hmm. And then she gives him this weird smile. And then we see a flashback to the original flashback of when she was there, when she was a kid. And her doppelganger, Red, actually switched places with her. So the entire movie, the entire time... Red is actually the real Adelaide, and the Adelaide we've been following the whole time is actually one of the tethered. Mm-hmm. And it's a huge, like, it, it was a very M. Night Shyamalan-type twist. It was like, Rich is frowning. He did not like the <laughs> twist at all. But we'll talk more about that. But that's but that's the plot. It's, uh, it's a lot. And that last, what, maybe five, ten minutes completely changes the film. In my opinion, it makes it an entirely different movie. And, it, and it's something, once you know that, kind of like after you see The Sixth Sense, spoilers, I really hope you've all seen it by this point. It's like yeah. 20 years old. It's kind of like when you find out that Bruce Willis has been dead the whole time. Or it like completely changes sh- the movie. Or like Shutter Island. Yeah, and you find out that Leonardo DiCaprio is actually insane. Yeah. But in both of those cases, it absolutely made sense. <laughs> and in this one, I just, it ruined the whole thing for me. I is it because you found out that you uh, were rooting for the villain the whole time? No, no. Uh-uh. It's because there were things that happened early on that are completely unexplainable if they had switched places. Hmm. And I don't think you can just say, oh, it's PTSD. Like, I don't think you can say that. I, I think that's, 
I, I don't think you can say that. I, I think there, there, the Adelaide, the actual, the the wife, okay, that that was switched. So who was a mole person? Who was the tethered in the beginning? Wouldn't have known those things. I don't think. Like there are things that she would not have known. And see, I think that you can explain that by she knows how to get out. So mm. maybe get she out. get mm. out. Mm. Mm. Maybe she because I thought about this too. You know, there are millions of people in this country. Mm-hmm. So there's got to be millions of tethered people that are in the sewers. How do they get all of these matching outfits? How do they get all these shears? That's a huge plot hole. But I mm-hmm. think that there had to have been some way where, I mean, this was just a a beach house. Adelaide didn't live there her whole life. Her sure. doppelganger, oh, you know, the the real Adelaide probably mm-hmm. went up there a couple of times to kind of see maybe what she was missing and maybe to gather supplies or honestly, in my opinion, if you over explain this movie, it ruins it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I absolutely see where you're coming from there. And we, I'd made this argument to you earlier as, as we kind of talk through what do we want to talk through or whatever. And, you know, as we do this, I, I think if it's, if that's, if that is your argument, if that is your argument that like if you over explain it, then it ruins it. I almost think that's lazy writing. Like you can say, well, you can do anything here because we just don't want you to overthink it. You just have to take it at face value. And even face value, you still there are still things that just don't line up necessarily. Well, and with that, when I say over-explaining ruins it, there's definitely an option or a potential for a sequel or a prequel. You know, where did these, mm-hmm. who started this experiment? Mm-hmm. Where did they come from? How long have they been down there? And ultimately, the big question, why was Adelaide the one person Mm -hmm. who just for some reason decided to, you know, go into this house of mirrors? Mm -hmm. And why did her tethered version of herself meet her in the middle? Oh, oh, I have theories. Oh, oh, do do tell. I I can't (laughs) wait for this. I can't wait. Okay. So I have a couple of... Obviously, there's a lot of fan theories. If you have done any research on it, watch YouTube videos, done any reading, there's theories on a lot of different things, and there's mm-hmm. Easter eggs all over. I want to focus on Adelaide and Red. Why Adelaide? She was special, and um, it ties into the Jeremiah 11:11 thing. Mm-hmm. So, the sign, the yes. Bible verse, Jeremiah 11:11, mm-hmm. it says. Um, therefore, thus said the Lord, behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken to them. So basically, it's like God saying, I'm going to punish all of these people. I think it's about worshiping false idols, false gods. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to punish them and they're going to cry out to me and I'm going to ignore them altogether. And I think that ties into, um, we see it with like Josh and Kitty's characters, how they have this big fancy house. Had they not had those backup generators that came on, they probably would have been a little bit more aware that there was somebody in the house and they probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have been killed as quickly. Mm. Um, but the man who is specifically holding the sign and when Adelaide is younger and she's at the pier, you know, she's walking around, she's looking at all of these people. He looks at her, holds the sign. Oh, he doesn't stop looking at her. He doesn't mm-hmm. stop looking at her as she goes around the curve and he kind of watches over her a little bit. And you can also see when when um, Red, when she's a girl, you know, with the tethered, 
same situation. There is a man up there, or there's a man around the corner, but he has 1111 carved into his head. And that got me thinking because it reminds me of the mark of the beast, which is the 666 Hmm. carved into your hand or into your forehead. Interesting. And when Jason, you know, wanders off in there on the beach and he sees the man, he's standing there with his arms outstretched, bloody hands. And I theorize that this man is like the antichrist in the way or god figure to them because he is kind of watching over adelaide and and red makes a comment when it's just adelaide and her in the living room um she says god brought us together and i Mm. have a theory that you know adelaide is kind of this chosen one and there is this man he's the one that i theorize like starts the whole chain because he's standing out there with his arms outstretched ready mm-hmm. he also is wearing a green jacket um but the way that he's standing is kind of like you know how jesus stands when he's you know he's being crucified being mm-hmm. crucified kind of and he's got the the eleven eleven on his head you know carved into his head and that's just you know my my theory on that i think that that guy has you know some significance with the tethered and i really don't see anybody any other tethered characters that look older than him he looks to be about the oldest person i don't see anybody else that's much older than him um just like looking around at all of the different people and if you think about it he's the first one that kills his counterpart Mm -hmm. because Mm, good call so it's like the start of like the apocalypse in a way Mm-hmm. You can, there's definitely some religious connotations in this movie for sure mm-hmm. and I really like that theory that's really cool that's a it's interesting that you brought that up too because that's the first thing I thought was and I know we talked about this a little bit off mic too was uh, if you go all the way back to like 1986 and I think this was actually when it was released in 1986 uh, the comic book The Watchmen and there's a character named Rorschach in The Watchmen who is sort of the He's the uh, so he wears a mask. Looks like looks like a Rorschach, like a you know the the ink blot drawing or yep. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, very very cynical. Doesn't want to be a superhero kind of thing. Is a superhero. Very Batman character ish like. Um, and he there's a there's a monologue in very in very first issue about him. And they did this in the movie too, where um, he's talking about the whores and the politicians will will look to the superheroes to save them. And, and he will look down on them and whisper, no. And very similar to the, the Jeremiah quote. And I think that was a lot of, there's some parallel. I, I absolutely think there's a parallel there because, I mean, I know, I, I, I know both of them, you know, even to, back to their, com- to their comedy days, have been comic book fans who, or whatever. And if there huh. isn't some sort of tie-in back to Rorschach, I'd be really surprised. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And with the with the eleven eleven thing too, there's a scene where Jason is in the bedroom with with Adelaide, and he goes, "Oh look, eleven mm-hmm. eleven and just like you know, like we all you know as kids, mm-hmm. like oh eleven eleven, make a wish. It's just interesting that the uh, that number, the mirroring comes up so much. Definitely um, a symbol of of you know our 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 counterparts. It's you know mm-hmm. it's kind of thrown out there a lot before we even find out about these doppelgangers. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the the Jeremiah quote is is very important and most of us probably don't know what that is just reading it like oh you know just a homeless guy standing there with a you know a bible verse but it totally makes sense to everything that happens immediately after that it's it's pretty incredible there were at least three phones including mine that lit up 
right as she walked, you know, she walked by, I'm like, oh, that's got to be important. Like, mm-hmm. what is this? They spent yeah. way too much time with the camera on that dude. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so two guys in front of me, too, like, instantly their phones lit up and they're <laughs> looking it up. And so I'm showing my wife, I'm like, that's what it is. <laughs> Knowing ahead of time this is going to mean something. Yep. Yeah. I want to talk about the um, government control element, like why okay. we theorized they were created and how long they've been down there. Mm-hmm. What do we think? Well, I mean, there's a part where Zora talks about it when they're on the in the car on the way to their house um, that, you know, w- the government is using fluoride to mm-hmm. control us. Mm-hmm. And it's just very briefly dismissed over. Her family's just kind of like, oh, whatever. She's like, oh, I guess you guys don't care about the end of the world. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Mm. Which um, seemed normal for someone that if for a girl that age to you know talk about that you know mm-hmm. the rebellious teen or or whatever but it was weird that she i i caught that too like wait a minute this is going to mean something like right. that's why what who's talking about that at 14 years old or whatever right i think i mean again at face value in the movie you know there's a lot of just theories you know uh conspiracy theorists out there mm-hmm. who think that you know there's a lot of disasters that are inside jobs like whether they're natural disasters or terroristic attacks that you know the government's behind it or mm-hmm. the illuminati or i mean tons of different theories out there that you know we're constantly being watched and monitored and controlled in a way or another mm-hmm. whether it's by technology or whether it's by you know our uh, obsession with with wealth obsession with with you know constantly um moving ourselves especially like in you know the united states you know the capitalism in general just always trying to get yourself ahead there's definitely a lot of theories about that and you know why that is and why you know people are clinging on to that so hard and i think the underlying message of all of that is um again with with the jeremiah the book of jeremiah of worshiping false prophets false gods we it's kind of you know making us look at ourselves like what do we worship what are we spending all of our time on that's not important and you notice that kitty and her family are killed so quickly and they you know are she talks about how she had some work done on her face and they have this beautiful home and their daughters have these really nice phones and clothes and they have a nice car and they have a nice boat and they're all just killed instantly and Mm -hmm. when she calls out for help to ophelia alexa basically (laughs) She says, you know, call the police, and she starts playing Fuck the Police by NWA, which is very funny. Which was such a fun, just the soundtrack to the whole thing was amazing. It was. Mm -hmm. And it was, just that made so much sense in that part right there. It Mm -hmm. it was, I, I, that was one of the highlights for the whole, for for the movie for Mm -hmm. me, was was that scene. And it was a little of the comic relief that we, that gets provided. Mm -hmm. Um, it's I, so funny in this movie, and I love it. All I the... I love when um, a text uh, the doppelganger for Josh. He reaches down like he's going to grab Kitty's hand, and then he puts his hand behind yep. his ear, like, yes. "Oh, Mr. Cool." <laughs> um, there is comic relief in this, which I like. It kind of like brings you back up, and then it in there. Mm-hmm. we'll bring you back down. Josh. The husband, yeah. the his comic relief was fantastic. Oh, Gabe is, he was terrific. Mm-hmm. Gabe was wonderful. And I love, you know, when he first walks out of the house trying to scare off this other family, he like lowers his voice. Yeah. And just like, I'm, I'm not, I'm going to tell you again. And he comes out with a bat and then they <laughs> the all kind of are on their way. They like scatter. And then he's like, Oh shit. And like runs back in the house. Um, 
but but more on that theme just I think a lot of it has to do with Jordan Peele has said that this this movie is about us and I know that's the the Mm -hmm. title but it's about Americans it's about you know we are constantly pointing the finger this us versus them mentality we know scared of uh, you know, people coming into our country, scared of, you know, people who think differently than us, look differently than us, you know, xenophobia, class differences, race differences, when sometimes the problem is yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you kind of have to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, am I the problem? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that has a big thing to do with with just the fact that they're exact replicas of us and they mm. look like us. And, and with the switch too, and I think that's where this uh, makes it worthwhile the switch at the end is we have been following this family we've been following this woman and her husband and kids this entire time rooting for her we want them to get away we want them to you know survive and she's the villain the whole time and she's the one who she's the bad guy and sometimes we are the bad guy right Mm -hmm. you know and I think Jordan Peele just like Get Out Get Out was a much more obvious storyline because I feel like they did uh you know they fully explained um, you know, the switching of the brains mm-hmm. and whatnot, putting the souls in. And I think there's um, parallels not only in the brain switching and the souls and whatnot. I think that Get Out is like comes after this in a way, or it's more advanced experimentation of what they were mm-hmm. trying to accomplish. Sure. Because they said, you know, we couldn't replicate the soul. So we are the soulless humans down here but in get out they basically suppress the the soul of the body um put it in the i can't remember what they call it but they you know Mm -hmm. there's the scene where they put him and he's like way down in the deep in the sunken place in the Mm -hmm. sunken place but they put another soul in there and i think it's it's about obviously control and i think it really has to do with kind of like suppressed people of our country red says who are you or you know gabe asks who are you people and red says we're americans in when mm-hmm. they're in the living room yeah and i really think it's about um elitists you know this may be a stretch but elitists and all these higher people and quote higher power um really being afraid of a rising of like the middle and lower classes yeah. and I mean, maybe it's a stretch, but that's kind of how I feel. And, you know, maybe these upper class people view the rest of us as, you know, these animalistic humans who have no refinement. We can't even speak English properly type of thing. And there's no possible way that they could be planning something like this. There's no way that they could organize such a demonstration or or accomplish anything. Yeah, they can't change what we've already built, I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. Another thing, and I had brought this up at the very beginning, that, you know, the Michael Jackson shirt, um, recently, you know, with all the allegations coming out in the documentary Leaving Neverland has definitely brought to light um, something that we already knew about Michael Jackson, but definitely more concrete, I would say. And it's, it's I haven't seen it, but I know Allison has, and people have said it's very upsetting. But... Jordan said that he nothing in this movie is by accident, hmm. and he said that that was that was the, one of the things he thought about is, you know, as a kid in the '80s, Michael Jackson was this this you know you know person of light and and good and happiness, and then you see in, in the thriller he's this monster, and now you know we think of 
you know, Michael Jackson, we grew up on his music and, you know, he's a big part of pop culture. He's the king of pop. And now he's this monster. Monster. I mean, people Mm -hmm. are, you know, radio stations aren't playing his music anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of that parallel too, the good and the bad in all of us. Um, He's like the king of duality. Yes. Yeah. He's got like two totally different personalities. Mm-hmm. And you know the the tether they wear the one glove? That is like an mm. a, a oh, homage shit. to Michael Jackson. Weird. I read that. Wow. And I was like I didn't think of that. Yeah. Pretty interesting. cool. Fuck. That is a mind fuck. I'm sorry. That like is that is super interesting. interesting. Holy cow. And I guess too in the thriller music video, you know how he turns into this like werewolf at the end. He, he, he wears like a he's wearing like a red jacket. And yeah, and he like they're... grabs the girl and they run away and she thinks that, you know, oh, this is the real Michael Jackson and he's the monster. He turns around and the which eyes is how are all the movie yellow. ends, which is ugh. Hmm. Did you notice though when when it's all going down, as, as and you get this in the flashbacks too, or whatever, as uh, with with her, you know, meeting her, her tethered or whatever. Adelaide meeting Red. Yeah, no, 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 no. The girl, the oh, yeah. younger, yes, younger ones in 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 eighty six. As the one the the one underground red uh-huh. is wearing the Michael Jackson shirt inside out. Yeah, yeah. Which I think was a lot of fun too. The I mean, that was just thing a, again. Yeah, I thought that was a lot of fun. So you had mentioned earlier about. Um, when the scene where Jason is able to have his doppelganger Pluto mimic him, and that's when mm-hmm. Pluto walks into the fire and he dies. What what did you want to talk about with that? I, I think that was the, there were a couple different things for me that I was like, that's a the, he had. I, I see where he, they had to get her downstairs, right? They had to get her down into the subway tunnels or whatever, and there was no other good way to do it than for her to take to take Jason, mm-hmm. right, or whatever. At no point, at any other point during the movie, where was it ever like, I'm going to take this boy or whatever. Even if you know, the girl dies and, you know, she's not going to take the girl or whatever. There was never a, I'm going to take yours because you killed mine type of thing. And I thought, okay, I, there, I, I, I didn't understand why, one, that occurred. Two, if you back it up just a little bit, how Jason figured out that the you know, Pluto was Im- imitating his his movements and stuff in the closet. He got him to follow him, you know, to walk backwards mm-hmm. or whatever. It and I I see why below they would do that. Why they were, but why just at that moment they would do that? Because above above ground, when the tethered are above ground with everybody else, they're not mimicking those movements anymore. As they are, you know, their counterparts underground, right? Mm-hmm. They're on their own. They, you know, there was definitely a plot to take over. Why at that point did it revert back to I'm going to mimic the movement of my guy, of of my above ground doppelganger, right? Mm-hmm. Why did why did that occur? Well, see, there's a theory, and I'm I'm not sure I'm really 100% behind it, but there's a theory that Jason and Pluto were switched the year before because. The year before Adelaide's mom died, and ever since then they they went to the they went to mm-hmm. the beach, and ever since then Jason was very quiet. He and kind of like when Adelaide was switched, she sure. didn't she didn't want to talk, so she didn't talk for however long. Mm-hmm. He was very quiet. He became very weird. He couldn't do his magic trick anymore. He so there's oh, theories I got about a lot that. Of theories on that. There's yeah, there's a lot with that, and like with that situation, they know each other. Like they, and I think maybe mm. it's their age too. Mm. Maybe they're so young that they're still very connected. I in think a way. it. I think um, disregarding the theory that Jason and Pluto were switched the summer before, I think it has to do um, with 
their age. Their age and their innocence. And I, Pluto I, is absolutely. Pluto is the way that he acts, you know, he's very animalistic. He wears the mask, he doesn't speak, and he doesn't have you know, he it has this obsession with fire, but um I don't think it's he's so malicious in mm-hmm. that way that he um you know, he sees Jason as kind of like this friend probably mm-hmm. and he's just going to uh copy him and i think too you know when you think about it you know how us as adults we you know somebody who disagrees with us we are very quick to just hate them Mm -hmm. and you know whether they're the opposite of us in our beliefs or how we look or whatever it is um but kids like you know they say that racism is taught Mm -hmm. or you know hating people because they're different is taught which it is Mm -hmm. and kids don't see that Kids don't right. see differences, mm-hmm. but, and they do, but they don't see that as bad. They don't care, right. And so I think because of how young they are, I'm assuming he's got to be like maybe like eight or nine. I would mm-hmm. assume nine-ish, yeah. Um, when you're still that young, you know, you this is just a friend. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't see him as, I mean, he knows that they're bad, you know, when they come in. But when they just go to play, they're just playing. And mm-hmm. Pluto doesn't have shears like, like Umbra does or like Abraham does or any of the others. He doesn't have a weapon Hmm. per se. I mean, he's got his matches and we can assume that's how he burned his face. Yeah. Um, And yeah. There's another theory too. And again, the only, there's only one thing that I think draws it to this. I read a theory that the whole thing is a simulation. And my only thing that makes sense is there's this scene where they're at the beach and the guy throws the frisbee and it lands exactly in the same spot as the circle on the mm-hmm. towel which things like you know it's like when they say glitch in the matrix mm-hmm. things like that like don't just happen right but i don't really know where else you could say that it's a simulation well i mean if you if you if you buy into the nothing in the movie was an accident then that lends a lot of credibility to that theory that's true right nothing was an accident that was there and they spent seconds worth of film of screen time focusing in on how it landed exactly on that circle on that polka dot pattern you know that Mm -hmm. geometric pattern Uh, nothing's an accident it lends some credibility for sure the only thing that i can tie that to um is that it the frisbee landed on where its perfect shadow would be because there's a lot of references to shadows yeah um pluto the The shadow girl yeah the planet pluto lives completely in the dark it's so far away from the sun that it actually doesn't receive sunlight for one and isn't zora's uh doppelganger her 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 name name is umbra which is the name for the complete darkness part in the shadow the like the the completely blacked out they talk about it in um like eclipses and whatnot the umbra but interesting um there's this you know the shadow the shadow girl that's the only way that i could gather that it would be i think if we've established anything is that allison is clearly smarter than the other <laughs> than us right here the, the <laughs> us here we go than the two of us here that's the name oh, of the movie. also Boom. us what is mm-hmm. us united states oh. united states uh um, we could talk about this movie all day, honestly. Uh, yes. <laughs> the only other Easter egg that I want to point out is um, Jason when he uh, is in the closet. The thing, the thing that he keeps the closet door from closing and locking him in is a little ambulance toy, mm-hmm. and that ends up being 
their saving grace is this ambulance that they find and they get out of of santa cruz in this ambulance see when rich said that he get out there it is again see when rich said that lazy writing Mm -hmm. i think that there's so much there was so much thought that went into every single scene in this movie Mm -hmm. and all of i mean the symbols of the rabbits you know zora's wearing a shirt with a rabbit um the the ambulance there's a rabbit in the fun house there's Mm -hmm. Um, it's incredible. The bunny, the bunny toy in the basement that Red chops the head off of. Again, know? I don't think anything right. was by accident. No, no, and I and I, I don't don't get me wrong. I don't think I wasn't saying this was lazy writing. I think sometimes if was. you use if you use the don't think about it too hard mm-hmm. argument, that generally equals lazy writing. Mm-hmm. I think that's where trying to figure out the plot holes. You're gonna say, oh, don't think about it too hard. Like it's yeah. There's oh, gotta be an. There's got to be an explanation, and I think mm-hmm. this only le- that part only lends to the fact that there's going to be more movies coming, like three more movies coming about this sort of mm-hmm. social, like a like a five part case study on these this social mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Well, if we've learned anything, Jordan Peele is a master of um, at least just supernatural. Uh, storylines and what's so great about this is we talked about this the other day that there's so many horror movies out there that are remakes or sequels or prequels or whatever and he is able to create these completely original stories Mm -hmm. he was obviously inspired by a lot of different like the twilight zone different movies to make this one but it's a completely original story it's unique it's intriguing and it's definitely caused a lot of people to talk about it which again Mm -hmm. in my opinion makes a good horror movie Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what else he's got. There are a ton, of, and I don't think it's any accident at all that he is hosting the new Twilight Zone on, yep. on the oh, CBS yeah. All oh, Access or whatever so it's called. I, I think that's this is, if anything, if, you, if you're if you older, let's say if you're my age or older, maybe my parents' age or whatever, um, if you watch the old Twilight Zone episodes, if you enjoy when they do, like Sci-Fi does the... Uh, the Twilight Zone marathons and stuff. Um, this is definitely the movie for you. This is a two-hour Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. Like I think there's so many parallels back to old Twilight Zone episodes that you will you will really really appreciate it. And if you're a fan of the '90s like me, uh, he is going to be behind the remake of Candyman. I know I just said about you know remakes mm-hmm. and everything, but I'm very intrigued to see what that's going to be like because a horror remake is either really good or really bad (laughs) so i'm really excited to see how that goes but before we spend too much more time talking about this let's get into our reviews we go on a five-star review system just like they do in the movies for me i have to give it a four out of five it's not a perfect film there's definitely a lot of plot holes but i enjoyed it for what it was i enjoyed it for the creativity i enjoyed it for how much it made me think it really brought up some new I mean, it's there's no other movie like it, I think, and that's what I really, really enjoy about it. I definitely want to see it again multiple times um, and just kind of decode it even more. I really enjoyed it, but definitely, yeah, there, it's not perfect. There's, like, like Allison said, it's not a concrete story like Get Out was. It is very what, but the more you think about it and the more you dissect it the more layers there are and there's so many different interpretations you can put into it that makes it that interesting and that to me makes it a four out of five my rating is going to be a 3.5 out of five as a horror film i don't see this as a true horror film i think of it more as a um 
thriller. You know, there mm-hmm. are some gory parts for sure. Um, but I don't, to me, what, like, uh, when I think about some great horror films, it is about, um, like the antagonist, the villain is purely evil. And this, I find myself almost rooting for the doppelgangers too, because how can you not like, in a way they're, they're humans. And I think so it causes a little like crisis in my mind. There are some plot holes and, um, I do really appreciate, though, that it makes you think. Um, I just think that a lot of people who see it will kind of dismiss it in a way because of all the, uh, you know, it makes a lot more sense to me now that I did research and I saw it a second time. I just think like people might be a little bit dismissive if they have to watch it a second time or if they have to, you know, do more research and read more about it. Um, Yeah. But I love how it made me think I like the undertones, the subtleties, going back, seeing all the subtleties the second time around. It's really great. So I'm going to stand by my 3.5. Hmm. I was interesting because, so, and this has nothing to do with my rating whatsoever, but there was actually another couple in the theater, same row as us, that uh, probably an hour and, uh, about an hour and a half into it, got up and walked out. Really? Weird. And like, you've invested this much time it's only two hours long. Right. And so I... It, it, what and, point did they get out, get up and walk out? Uh, before, uh, as soon as, as soon as Jason backs away, the Pluto thing, she grabs him, runs down. And they're like, we're done. They're like, that's it. And see, I was just going to bring up <laughs> the weird. I was just going to bring up that's the point That's when it gets that good. Yeah. People, a lot of people don't like to think too much when they go to the movies. And mm. especially a horror film. And when mm. it makes you think too much, people get frustrated. I guess. So maybe they were just like... I thought this was just going to be a regular horror film, Slasher scary, movie. jump yep. scares, and that's not at all what this Let's is. Let's go to the Applebee's and get some Coors Lights. Coors <laughs> <laughs> Lights. Uh, I'm going to give it a three out of five, hoping that there's a, and this is a very, it's a very optimistic three, because okay. I want it to be almost a four, and I hope at some point there are additional films that do explain these things that, you know, further for me. I think you're, I think you're 100% right. There's there's any number of theories behind this. Um, everything in the movie made was there for a reason. Uh, but that being said, there were things that they left out that maybe as a standalone film, I don't. I I, I wish there was more. Maybe mm-hmm. and okay. I wish there was more. And so I hope that after after part two or part three, us and them or whatever they call it, which I thought would be a fun. Like sequel, I don't know. Beyond it being a Pink Floyd album, I think that would be a fun sequel. You know, explained it more, or whatever. That could definitely be a four for me. I think it could really get out. I thought Get Out was one of the most groundbreaking films I'd ever seen. I mean, in a long time, mm-hmm. Get Out was like nothing I'd ever seen. That was like a four and a half. Like that was that was terrific. Huge. Movie. Do you think this was a decent follow up? Um. Yes. Yes, I think it's an ambitious follow-up. How's okay. that? And I okay. think I think there's going to be until he can explain. I hope, I hope, I hope he doesn't fall into the M Night Shyamalan thing where every film afterwards is compared to Get Out, like every film was compared to to uh, The Sixth Sense, right? When yeah. there were fantastic M Night Shyamalan films that could have stood alone as very good movies, mm-hmm. but then they were always judged yeah. Yeah. based on that. Really good point. I think that there's going to be more good coming from Jordan Peele. I think he is the new Stephen King. 
it's not like a from a writing perspective, but from a just his storytelling. Because obviously he's not writing books, and then they're getting turned into movies. But just his just his maybe not maybe Stephen King isn't the right person, but he's he's gonna be a new name in he, horror. I he think. could be the new Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, if it goes the way we think if if he Wes Craven ma- absolutely if he matches his potential right mm-hmm. I think Wes Craven's a good one I think that's Wes Craven told some amazing stories um, I, I think he could definitely definitely be that guy all right, guys. Well, um, we would love to know what you think of this movie. Again, this is something that we can all talk about for hours and hours. This is definitely mm-hmm. going to be one of our longer episodes, but I definitely think it was worth it. Uh, leave in the comments, what did you think? Did you like it? Did you dislike it? Please let us know. And then uh, we are also going to be picking a winner for uh, tickets for two to go see this movie. If you want to see it again or if you want to go see something else, we are going to be giving you guys two tickets on us. Go see the movie. Send us your receipt and we will reimburse you mm-hmm. uh, to enter. You just have to comment on this on this post, on our Facebook post when we share this out. Um, you can talk about the movie or you can recommend something else. that you. What are you watching right now? What do you want us to review next? We're um, thinking of doing uh, The Dirt next, the mm-hmm. uh, documentary on Motley Crue. Um, we are really excited about that one, but we're always open to new suggestions anything that's on a streaming uh service or that's out in theaters right now anything that you saw or are watching that you like and you want us to talk about let us know and um, we'll put it on our list but that concludes today's episode of atlas now streaming uh continue watching and uh we will continue listening to us as well and uh we'll see you next time bye